Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet, looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower, the official podcast of UTHDynasty.com, home to over 32020 uh, projected uh, premium podcasts, already have the rankings every single week up to date, the trade calculator up to date, and uh, that, is a, that is a task in and of itself, but you also get a bunch of content, I say before. I mean, these, these film note shows are running long. I don't know why I'm so long-winded this year as opposed to others, but that just means you're getting about an hour and a half, hour 40, I think the first few weeks show uh you know because we got a full slate of games as well that uh you get every play of every game i distill it down to the information you need to know uh that goes beyond the box score uh, i don't say beyond the box score lightly because i literally am looking at the box score for the first time uh once i've watched the game completely taken all my notes and uh press and record just so i have a gauge of of how players actually did and actually sometimes on the show i talk about oh wow seems like they played better or worse than that you know when you kind of look at what the uh the net net of uh of their efforts that week um, but that's a, a pinnacle uh, part of the of the broadcast schedule for UTH on a weekly basis and do want to remind folks patreon.com slash UTH uh, you're going to get a waiver wire centric show also have a VIP strategy session every single week it's typically been on Wednesday nights um, that you can come on we you know we have a great time talking strategy waivers trading for the week uh, team situations all of that and that's just a perk of signing up uh, over there at uh, patreon.com slash UTH and Katie uh, you know, one of the one of the more technical aspects we can look behind, but we also have to look ahead because we have a game this week, and we actually had our first, uh, you know, first round. And you know, the NFL, I'm sure, expected this at some point that uh, we had eight uh, Titans in terms of player and personnel, three and five respectively. That uh, and as of now, we don't have anybody fantasy relevant, but uh, but we have our first uh, question mark in terms of. When will they play? Will they play this week? And, uh, you know, till Saturday, they're really not going to be in their facilities. They're going to be doing things virtually, which we know was a part of the early, you know, sort of preseason type uh, type schedule for uh, for spans of time. But here we are getting ready for week four. And uh, that's the case for for one of our games uh, slated this week. Well, it actually doesn't it affect the Vikings also. I mean, they both aren't practicing. Right. Uh, they don't have anybody that's tested positive at Minnesota, Correct. but they can't go in their facilities. And it started with the one defensive coach that it was either game day or the day before game day tested positive, What didn't make the trip. And then it turned into uh, four other coaches and three players. Uh, but as you said, nobody that's fantasy relevant. But does this postpone the game to Monday night, which is what we're hearing as possibility, the Steelers against the Titans on Monday night? Uh, what will it do? Are the Vikings even being talked about as changing their game, or are they going to be on as scheduled? Right. Uh, it, or, like, 
what are the implications to the roster and setting lineups? Yeah, and I, I think one of the biggest things, and we we know this, where you know, siding on the on the side of caution, where you may not get clarity. Now it sounds like we'll have a decision that is, that hinges on Thursday, and we've all been there um, in terms of you know, do I take a not you know, I would start if we get all the way to Sunday night or Monday night. You know, is the typical decision yeah. with this. You know, do I go all the way with a questionable player? You know, it could be a game time call. Uh, you know, with that ninety minutes before all of that. You know, do you deal with that or do you kind of take the player that is is a notch down? You know, that for sure, you know, is healthy, ready to go. They're playing Thursday or Sunday at one, whatever it is. Do you take that or do you chance it and maybe not have a pivot? You know, that's the that's the sort of situation I think we need to put, the, you know, into this bucket when you're considering, say, the waiver wire. Because we, we're very early in the week and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of news either confirming you know that we're kind of on pace to to have these games and and on schedule this week or that it's it's looking dicey and ominous you know as we get to the weekend so that's going to be just the beyond you know just the regular injuries and machinations this week that's going to be just another one of reading the room and Hopefully, you know, again, fingers crossed. I, I mean, I guess the worst case scenario would be have a suboptimal play at one of these positions that, you know, you're going to be considering uh, one of these teams that's uh, potential, you know, to, to miss a game this week. And yet, if you're deciding between that and a suboptimal Thursday play, that to me is the worst case scenario, Katie. And also, are you taking the chance? I mean, we don't know how many other Titans have been exposed and it could take up to 14 days from the time you're exposed to the time right. you show positive, right? We don't Correct. know for sure that somebody isn't going to test positive before the Monday night game, if that's when they're going to have it. And then you're really stuck like, Oh my goodness, I've got nobody left right. to play. So you have to leave yourself an out. If you've got somebody already for Monday night and it's just a, a lateral fine, that's an easy decision. But, as you mentioned, you may have to make a decision for Thursday. Right. I had to do that first game of the season, sight unseen. Uh, you know, do you go with Mike Evans, who's questionable? Do you wait for that? And then if it doesn't happen, I really didn't have a pivot player. So I had to start somebody Thursday that I didn't. It was suboptimal, uh, to say the very least. And I think it ended up working out all right. I don't remember exactly. But you've got to make those kind of decisions. It's tough. And, and what I will say is at least this week, I'm speaking for my own because I had Jordan Reed stashed in a few, you know, for a yeah. spot start opportunity or Dallas Goddard already has IR eligibility. One thing I will say to maximize your roster is, you know, at least with the Titans, let's, let's use Corey Davis as an example. You know, let's say you're planning to start Corey Davis. But he may be, you know, they, they might play this game Monday, but what out, what if it comes out on Saturday that he is, uh, you know, that he, he is also positive, he won't be able to play this week, but the game goes on. So there are pivots, though, with Tennessee. You know, we saw Khalif Raymond, for example, but Adam Humphreys is another one. They're on a lot, basically every waiver wire. So you, you should have pivots that, you know, if Corey Davis, as an example here, were to miss, then, you know, you have a pivot there uh, for, for that team. If your league mates don't already pick them up. True. And, and but well, what, where I was going with the IR part. So you, you may have a, a created spot this week. And just going through my own waivers, it's not the greatest week. It's not the greatest week of waivers of, of the first three or four of this season. So you, you may want to 
spend, you know, actually look at your, you know, before the waivers run, and maybe you don't do this until Thursday or whatever, but look at your lineup and say, you know, how, how are these pivots going to work? Do I have one? Do I even have a situation? And if you have a situation, you may want to say, well, now I have a free spot or I got, got someone from the last week or two that now I'm going to cut. Like, I, I just don't see value there. You may want to spend that spot or one of the spots for this week uh, looking at, or what I, or what I always say is maybe float kicker or defense. You know, if, if, if you don't see a, a big need to hold the one you have or, uh, you know, pivot to, to someone else that, that, that's really, you know, one of the lock solid plays of the week, uh, what I always say is you can float that spot into the weekend and use that spot. Even if you don't have one created, as I previously mentioned, now you can, uh, now you can use that luxury spot to insulate yourself, uh, and, and create a, you know, a, a insulation plan and, uh, so you can do that and then worry, you know, by the time you get to Sunday, figure out the kicker or defense or whatever it is that you floated. Uh, and by then we're going to have a much clearer picture. Well, and here's one more thing to think about. It's a pain in the butt, but when the commissioner of all of these leagues and presumably most everybody plays on MFL, I'm not sure how sleeper or other dynasty league settings are, uh, I know that ESPN isn't that great, but MFL specifically, in order to allow for the extra H and C spots, they sometimes have to open up the out position, and they also open up more IR spots overall. And so yeah. it seems like it allows you to go ahead and put four or five players on IR that are marked as an I when your bylaws only say two. And, and you're really technically in violation of the league's IR rules. Be very careful that you read through your bylaws and understand that those extra IR spots are just COVID-related IR spots. It's not injury spots. And therefore, you may have a commish at the very last second that says, hey, you got three extra guys on IR. You got to fix that right now. So I just caution everybody to look at your bylaws, make sure that you're not in violation. Commissioners already have enough going on. They don't want to have to police it. Make sure you police yourself. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, in general, Katie, you know, going into this week, uh, I, I wanted to ask about team direction. And it, so my first question is going to be this. You're three weeks in. You might have double headers. You might just be playing straight up. But, uh, you know, looking at the power ratings, you know, in your league and you can look at all play. You can look at potential points. Coulda won, woulda lost. Basically, is it your fault? <laughs> is right. it your fault with line of decisions? I love that one. It's like, yeah. wow, I could have been, could have been, could have been three and zero. Look at this. Um, so it was, it was on my, it was on my racket uh, to control my lineup there. Um, so, is it too early to have a, a big enough sense in, in some directions of for sure I'm contending? You know, I think that may, may be an easier one and maybe a tougher decision would be, is it too early if you are 0-3? It's not like you've had some bad luck. You know, you you do have low all play. Let's say you're without, you know, a notable player or two that could be McCaffrey or Barkley. Maybe if, if it's McCaffrey, you're going to have a different answer because he will be back if you can survive or get back and scrape things together until then. But what what are some of the key questions you ask yourself or would encourage others to ask themselves as you know doing a state of the union? Or do you say, now it's more week four, five, six that I would really kind of decide one way or another? I think you do need to start looking now. Look at your roster. Be honest. Look at your spot in the league. If you're 0-3 
in a 12-team league and you've got three or four key players that are injured, whether it's on IR or they're coming back in two to three weeks, um, how much bubble gum can you stick in the dam? You may be able to craft together a lineup for the next couple of weeks and get to two and three and then scrape from there. But you've got to be honest and take an assessment of it. It makes a difference whether you're in divisions and whether the top from each division goes and then who are the wild cards or is it 12 teams all in and it's victory points um, it depends on how far you're truly behind. And if you're averaging 115 points and the guy that's leading that's 3-0 and is averaging 286 points, <laughs> then you know that your team isn't probably going to compete. And you might, if you've got at that point a guy like James Robinson, that's a good indication to trade him. Now, if you're 3-0 and and you've got James Robinson and you've got Barkley hurt, and maybe Gurley isn't doing what he should, and and you really need him, I'm fine with holding on James Robinson in that situation. I'm not about uh, trading for a future pick if that isn't going to help your roster now, and you're off to a good start. With as many variables, you're going to need every warm body that you can, uh, probably more so than most years. And then the same type of thing. If you're two and one, one and two, do you have victory points? Do you have all play? Uh, what are your potential points? All of those things come into factor. But, you know, the, one of the biggest ones for me is if you're playing in a division uh, and you've got two that are three and oh, one that's two and one, and you're oh and three, what are the odds that you're going to get high enough? Because you got to win Chances. all those divisional matchups pretty much. Exactly, exactly. So that's different than if you can climb the ladder on a 12-team league where the top six go. You could probably get to that sixth spot fairly easily. Uh, just, could be seven and six, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Or even six and seven, you know, if you turn around and score some points, yeah. I mean, Right, so if you're 0-3 and you really feel already like everything's against you and you've got a guy like Julio Jones or an aging prospect, you may want to start weighing the trade market. And, you know, guys like Cortland Sutton would be a decent target because he's injured and it's not going to break you with points. And you could probably get a discount and maybe even get a a straight up trade uh, for somebody that you wouldn't normally be able to. Yeah, uh, those are all good points. Again, you're looking for points the following year. You're looking for developing players, maybe changing situations uh, that that could go in your direction in the offseason or in 2021. The other thing I would say, you know, in your assessment would be ask yourself, because again, even if you're 0-3, uh, again, look at the dynamics. You know, if four teams make it versus six, you mentioned divisions and, and some of those things. But even if you're low in potential points, because what I noticed is if you are heavy with, <clears throat> excuse me, if you are heavy with backup running backs, your potential points may not be overly high because you're sitting there and it's a, a kind of a binary thing, right? I mean, if they if the starter gets injured then they're going to score points. And if they if they don't, then they're sitting there and they're going to score five or less, you know, almost every week. So so that's one thing to consider. And I would also say, how much have you benefited already? You know, if you've already benefited from, let's say, Jonathan Taylor, you know, of you didn't expect him to be a starter. Now you're starting him every week. Uh, maybe you benefited from Jarek McKinnon, or maybe you d- uh, benefited from, 
uh, Mike Davis, you know, would be a big one. Um, or, or any of the uh, number of changing situations. You mentioned James Robinson. Uh, maybe it is, uh, I'm looking through this list here. Um, but yeah, uh, so really gauge the market of, have I already benefited? If you have a bunch of backup running backs and let's say high upside ones, uh, just to harken back to the running back index and matrix that I do, you know, if they're tier one, you've got a lot of possibilities and it could be any week that you start hitting on those, um, you know, one at a time. It could be two next week. So you really have to gauge that and say, I have some high upside possibilities that it could really change my season. You know, if you're sitting there and you say, you know, J.K. Dobbins, who's looked great, that, man, if Mark Mark Ingram is out, <clears throat> I'm cooking with gas. And what if that happens next week and yet you were 0-3, but uh, again, that could change your season or or Cam Akers or, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift getting getting more touches later, you know, as the season progresses. And, and again, Jonathan Taylor could be someone that's scoring much better than he scored last week um, on a regular basis. So you have to gauge that and, and say, well, and I think wide receiver is a tricky one because we have a lot more situations where uh, you, you're not really sure how long they're going to be out. You know, I mean, you know, Devonte Adams missed last week, you know, Michael Thomas, you know, could it be another week or two and you could just be dying on the vine there, you know, yeah. with some of these bigger names or Jalen Reger, you know, you're, you're kind of on the verge of putting him in lineups and now he's going to be out for a stretch. And so all these situations you have to put together and really put, say, am I ahead or behind? And, and if it's stuff that could come together pretty soon, like I mentioned with high upside backup running backs, you know, George Kittle could be coming back this week. That could be a big one for you. Um, you know, and you know, Adams could be back before Thomas, things like that, um, that you have to gauge and say, you know, if I can just, like you said, can I go one and one over the next two weeks and, you know, sitting at one and four, but if I kind of get some guys back and, and maybe I have by that time, another backup running back or two, like a Mike Davis, that now I can start, then you might look at it differently and say, well, now I can, I feel I can go on a three, four five game run and really get back into this thing. Um, so you need to look at all those factors yes. and say, like you were saying, I mean, am I so far behind in points that I have to basically beat everybody by a game because I'm not going to have tiebreakers? And, and that's when an 0-3, I think, looks a little different, especially if you don't have three, four, five guys where you're like, if the guy in front of them goes down, this can change my season. And if I get two of them, I'm in really good shape because that can happen. You know, that what we say all the time, that's about a 5% chance that a running back is going to get hurt and end up missing the next game any given week. So if you put a couple, you know, two, three week window on that, and, you know, maybe you've had a rough go in terms of matchups and stuff. So all of those, I think, are key questions to analyze. And I don't think one and two, for example, even if you squeaked one out, you probably shouldn't have won. You're one and two. You're kind of right there. Um, I would have a hard time recommending to somebody, even if you got gutted by one or two injuries, of not saying, give it a couple more weeks. If you lose two more and go one and four, I, I get it if you want to, you know, if you're going down that path still. Right. But on the other side of the coin, what you've got to look at you know, how are you going to pull yourself out of this, whether you're 0 and 3, 1 and 2 or whatever, you've got to look at what do I have for assets? And you don't want to trade away good dynasty assets for bubblegum at this point for the dam to put it in the that leaky yeah. dam, right? The bandaid. And so if you've got to do something like that, resist, resist, resist. Yeah. Well, your if, first round pick is so valuable in that uncertain stage, right? I mean, because guess what? The season turns against you. What's your solace? Now you actually can fe feel free to trade away some producers for future talent or picks. Why? Because you got your own first. 
And you're insulated of like, I'm not trading away 101 or 103 or whatever the pick ends up being. But if you trade it away now and you're, you're, it, the, the dam breaks still, that's going to be the absolute worst case scenario. Oh, absolutely. And I see people do it every year. It's, it's mind boggling. So you got to be careful. That's why um, yeah. we, we, I mean, again, if you can't get a deal done any other way and you're getting an absolute blue chip player, then that's where it becomes tolerable uh, or even recommended to trade away your first round pick. But that's the one sort of, uh, you know, asterisk that you put on that. Otherwise, it is it is very dicey and risky to do that, especially if it's in the off season or the early part of the season when things can go a variety of directions. But even, even if you're trading guys that are injured like let's say you you want to trade Christian McCaffrey because you can get three or four band-aids yeah you know you're going to regret a trade like that a if you don't make the playoffs and you don't win but b when he gets healthy he is a stud and you right. sold him for peanuts so unless you've got the draft capital unless you've got a really solid amount of trade capital to be able to afford luxury right to be able to make a few trades that could pull you up by your bootstraps that's completely different what i'm saying is be realistic by looking at your roster you're not going to get anything for i mean even brandon Ayuk, as as good as he looked this weekend do you really want to trade him while while he's juicy and and hasn't even Right. He's brimming and dripping with potential. He's had, and cu- he's had a couple of, you know, he's had a one one decent game where he flashed a little bit and one one solid slash, you know, good game. And and now you're trading him just on that that cusp. Yeah. Right. Or even if you trade Jalen Rager, for example, uh, yeah. you know that well, very good hmm. possibility. He's he is who we think he's going to be, but we don't know that. Right. But it's kind of like in the preseason. Uh, here's a perfect example. A lot of people were asking me about Cam Newton. Should I trade Cam Newton? You've held him all this offseason, and now somebody wants to trade, and you're you're going to get peanuts for him right now. Unless you think he's going to flop. He's finally healthy, and he's with a team where he's going to be the starter. Unless you think that he's going to flop in the first couple of weeks, why wouldn't you just hold him? And then if you so desire that you want to trade him, he's one of your top quarterbacks in Superflex right now. Right. Right? I mean, yep. honestly, he's probably helped lift your team uh, more than you ever could imagine. But nobody was going to pay that kind of price. You either, you know, and, and so it, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, you don't want to trade un, out of sight, out of mind assets. Even if you believe in them, people aren't going to pay what you think that they're worth. And you're just buying a Band-Aid. So if you can get through the next couple of weeks, one and one, two and oh, or whatever, on your own with your roster and maybe some waiver wire pickups and maybe some minor trading, don't make any huge adjustments. I would just say, try to stay the course, try to right the ship, but small adjustments, not a big swerve. And it, yeah, that, that's a really good analogy of, of, you know, being on the road, you know, being behind the wheel of a car, you're driving yeah. this franchise and, you know, you start jerking it around and uh, that's where you can, you can end up flipping it. That's where you can end up hitting the, uh, you know, the side guardrail and maybe that just gets you right back, you know, and, and you're like, it scares you. It wakes you up. You know, you were dozing off a little bit, 
But if you go over that rail, you know, that's when it becomes long-term catastrophic, you know, and franchise changing, just like, you know, a giant car accident is life-changing, you know, in that capacity. Um, yeah. So I think, I, I think again, unless you're 0-3 and can really, because I, I will say one thing, there is a benefit to being the first team out there willing to trade pieces that can help contenders, whether it's depth or otherwise. Um, you do have the benefit of that. And what the earlier you do, uh, so this is talking to those 0-3 teams. So let's say you've decided that already, that uh, one good news is that you can trade to teams that are contending like, but you can also look at the, the information and be like, well, you know, they're two and one, but they're not overly high in points. You know, they're, they're all play as like, you know, 36%. They've gotten a little lucky so far. You look at their team and you're like, you know, they've got a little bit of Fugazi action going on there. And if you trade with a team like that, that thinks they're contending, they're boosting their team with your trade. So if you get a pick that could end up looking better because you're, you're at least early on, it's not like you're trading for a team that is one game uh, away from the playoffs starting and they're already locked in. Like you're already locking into a back half or final four of a round type pick. Yet this early in the season, you know, they could turn into bad news, you know, and you could still end up with a top pick in the round if, you know, again, because they're betting on themselves now by trading and, and doing the thing that we said not to, which is, you know, trade something meaningful, uh, you know, trade picks for band-aids that, uh, you know, really aren't going to move the needle too much. But if you're out there early, there's more teams right now that are three and oh, two and one, even one and two, but maybe they've been screwed a little bit that, you can choose from all of those type teams and there's just a, a higher bucket than there will be three or four weeks when one, two, three of those teams end up falling out of it uh, and having a different look and then maybe they wouldn't make that type of trade. So that's just one one thing about being on the earlier side if you do decide. Uh, really be quasi-aggressive with, hey, what are the players I actually want to trade by the end of the season and and start shopping them. Have a price, of course, but but and if you don't get it, you can always reassess the next week but just know that that player, if they're currently healthy and producing, if they put up a dud, if they get hurt, if something changes, then you know you may not have that window. So really assess, what do I want? Are they going to be a part of my 2021 plans? And if they're passing you know that, that those, those types of questions for you on, they're not gonna be a part of my plans, you, you've really got to have a reasonable price that you're willing to get out get something, reset the clock in terms of the player. And as we go, there's going to be more discounts in terms of, you know, I mean, Jordan and I joke that, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, he was going so, so high. And it's like, well, how many weeks in a mod- modest uh, depth roster until he gets dropped? You know, because, you know, bye weeks are going to kill people, you know, in terms of this year. If you're on like 24-man rosters and you drafted Keyshawn Vaughn at 110, you know, in May, I mean, you can say you invested that and you'll never, never drop him. But you, you may get to a point where you don't have a starting quarterback or tight end or uh, you are in a bad place with buys plus injuries, you know, plus a COVID that week or whatever. And all of a sudden, I mean, all of a sudden you're looking at a guy that's number four on a depth chart. So. Right. And and that's the other side of the coin. You know, you may be 0 and 3, but there's still so much to play out. We don't anything could happen to any of these top teams. All of a sudden disaster hits and you've won two in a row, they've lost two in a row and things look a lot different. Uh, just be honest with your assessment and and as I mentioned, just make, you know, the the small corrections. Um, I wouldn't swing for the fences at this point. Um, just yep. take is there a any, 
I was going to ask, is there any players um, offhand that you would say, uh, you know, let's say contender. Um, I have a couple offhand. If you're a contender and you're looking to, again, try to get a good price, and if this t- this type of player or these players are on a uh, 0-3 team, uh, you might want to reach out, you know, as a stronger term, looking to supplement depth. Uh, like you said, you might have guys coming back, um, but this could certainly help through buys and through the right now of setting setting lineups as well. Well, in a in a start one quarterback league, a uh, guy like Aaron Rodgers, who is doing well, he's on the older side. There's, you know, they just drafted a young quarterback. Uh, there's, who knows, dynasty wise, what his future holds. You may be able to get him to a team that's zero and three for a, a decent price. Maybe somebody that's flashing a little bit that you're not all that high on. Um, I can't think of anybody as an example right off the top of my head, but uh, somebody like that, uh, even Josh Allen to shore up, you know, it looks like he's 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 got that nice mixture of uh, rushing upside plus throwing the ball deep and striking, and they've got a good defense, so I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. I got you. Yeah. Um, one, I was going to, I was going to say that, you know, coming back probably soon, um, and probably is pretty cheap. So what I always say is, can you fix it from the waiver wire? If not, you know, try right. that first and then, and then you try to go cheap. I mean, and sometimes you can't really get to the threshold of someone actually mattering, let's say by trading a third round pick, but trading a second, you know, could definitely get you someone with maybe a beyond this year lens as well as someone that helps. And I know, um, someone who has a beaten down stock, completely but yet i'm pretty confident he'll return to a big role as Le'Veon bell you know talk about a stinky player talk about a stinky profile on someone's dynasty team um, yeah. so that would be so i would i would wonder if he's available for a second right now because he's not even playing in said stinky situation uh you know and putting up those volume infused uh numbers um the other thing the other running back you mentioned him in passing earlier and i wanted to get your thoughts is todd Gurley. you know what's three weeks in what's kind of your assessment there are you more of a buyer or seller, you know, in different team dynamics or just kind of going forward, are we going to see more of the same of this or something different? I'm not out on him. Um, I still think that Atlanta is just all over the place trying to find themselves right now. And I think that one of the things that they haven't done and that good teams do is you've got to establish the run. So whether Quinn finds religion soon or not, <laughs> uh, you know, you you've got somebody that I think is being underutilized. Um, Hill has looked good. I think Gurley's looked fine. I just don't think that they're using him to the best. You know, he's he's a great pass catcher. Where are the screens? Yeah, exactly. Where I mean, get the him screens? open. And the Rams get him in didn't space. run screens for him the last year he was there. It, it blows my mind. Yeah, and, I mean, he's a big dude and he can catch the ball. He has and, empty. He has empty, empty yardage and empty carry syndrome. If right. he doesn't get a goal line look, it's like he's getting a lot of looks, and then they're just passing the ball all over the place. And honestly, probably getting their defense in trouble and getting you know games. And, and that's probably why they can't close games. Right. Run exactly. the ball. Exactly. You got a one-year contract. What are you saving him for? Right. Exactly. So I'm not, if I've got him, I'm not selling him. And well, probably, here's the I am thing. putting out only, feelers. What's that? 
Well, I was going to say, here's a scary thing. If you have him and you're trying to bail, a first round pick isn't possible anymore. I saw him traded last week for two seconds. And you're probably looking at, you know, a second, you know, consecutive year seconds maybe is the best you can do a second and, you know, an upside injury away running back. Those types of packages is probably the extent of the marketplace right now until he has some giant game or, or, or looks notably better. And then you may want to hold anyway. So I right. Right. He, I think he's just that, a tough one for me. Right. I think better days are coming. Um, do you think he's an NFL starter next year? Yes. Okay. And it maybe is in Atlanta and maybe not, you know, depending on how this year goes, if they want to bring him back. I don't know where, but I do, I do think yeah. he will be. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, he, he doesn't look done to me. I mean, he's not no. eluding guys. I think he has lost a half a step in terms of that acceleration and straight line burst, but you also got to get him, get him some optimized touches. So at least he is the goal line back um, in general, but they're just passing the ball around the yard. And part of that is because their defense stinks, but you can protect your defense with a little more running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if you want to give your defense a chance to rest, you've got to make some drives that move the ball down the field and uh you know two play drives or four play drives just aren't going to get it done you already know that that's your liability is your defense you want to keep them off the field as long as you can uh one player you mentioned also early in the show is james robinson so he's a pretty polarizing discussion especially if you get people on opposite sides of the fence so I will give a couple of bullet points and just hand it to you in terms of, so how do you assess this? And James Robinson could re, uh, could represent, uh, you know, it could be running back X previously or in the future, um, but you have, let's, you know, let's call it lack of pedigree. You get an optimal setting because they, you know, that depth chart was going to look wildly different in May or June. And that's why James Robinson wasn't going, you know, in the even third round of rookie drafts. So you have a cleared out depth chart, not a very good team. He is running as the clear starter. I mean, I think him, he and Chris Thompson were pretty close in snaps this past week, but they trailed big. Now we've expected them to trail big uh, in, in a lot more games, but he's the starter. You've got potentially Ryquel Armstead and Divino Zigbo coming back at some point. But how do you how do you assess this? Of it's it's found money. You picked him up off the waiver wire, most likely, and or drafted him in the fifth round or something and held him. That so how do you assess the like you know the the probabilities that this continues beyond this year or even for the rest of this year versus well he's startable uh you know if you especially if you can start three four five running backs i mean this is a, a massive advantage you know to have him in one of those spots that you weren't expecting so how do you kind of blend those two things between well he's worth so much more than what I paid so much more than a player of his profile would be worth versus, well, here's what he's doing for me now. Okay. I said this preseason and you didn't really buy it. I said that he was the real thing and you kind of laughed. You said, oh, he's Arian Foster. Uh, That's only happened once in every 10 to 15 years. And I said, yeah, but hasn't it been 10 to 15 years? Um, He's he's come on every game, uh, 16 attempts in his first 16 attempts in a second, 11 attempts, but with six receptions, this particular game, he's not just scoring touchdowns, you know, 46 yards on the ground and 83 in the air, 102 yards the week before and 18 in the air, 62 yards in his first game with 28 in the air. He's 
220 pounds at 5'10". He may not have the draft pedigree, but he was productive in college. And he looks the part. He passes the eye test. I like this guy. And I think that he's a big part of the reason why they were able to just say, goodbye, Leonard Fournette. We don't want to have to deal with you anymore. Have a great day. I don't see Divino Zigbo as anybody that's going to oust him. I even don't think that Armstead will. I think that Ryquell will just sit on the bench behind him. And I do think that he's got more juice than just beyond this year. Okay. I know that may sound crazy. If no, I'm a it doesn't contender, sound crazy. I need. I want your opinion. Absolutely. Right. If if I'm a contender, I'm keeping him. If I'm on that lower scale, zero and three, and I don't see much, I will try to shop him. But I'm not going to settle for anything less than a first, and I'm not well, going to no, throw in well, a second can, to get up to that. Well, no, first. I think you can get a first this it, week. I think you can get a first. So we'll you're find saying out. If, he's your, if he's your running back three. If he's your running back three and you're two and one, three and zero, oh, you're doing well. Uh, but he is someone that you're putting in a lineup, you know, maybe the last couple weeks and and projected to go forward. So if someone offers you a first, we'll call it random because it's early in the season. You would say what to that? If I'm a contender and someone offers yep. me a first, I would probably say no. Okay. Now, there if they go. were to offer me DeAndre Swift. Straight up for him, I would take DeAndre Swift. If they were to offer me J.K. Dobbins or somebody like that, I would take J.K. Dobbins. But... What about Judy or Rager or... Rager, yes. Judy, I would probably want something on top. But I do like Judy and his potential. I just think wide receivers take a little longer. um, And and especially with the quarterback situation the way that it is right now. Uh, But if I'm a contender, I want... This is, as you said, found money. Didn't expect it. I did have him in a couple of late drafts in in a couple of spots. They were Debbie depleted, and so that's part of the reason why he was... I mean, part of the reason that he was on my radar early was because of you, Chad. And I like him, exactly. Yeah, like him. exactly. Him and so, Michael Warren, those were the two guys that I was like, I, I dig these guys, and they had similar profiles, and we had one of the two, you know, early on especially, find opportunity and do something with it. Now this kid, the other thing that I like about him, you know that in Devi, what do I what do I scout? As much as I scout the numbers oh, and the their astrological sign. The heart. Their heart. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know that. <laughs> so this kid took the playbook and he had worked and worked and worked to get everything all memorized. I mean, this kid's a worker. And in my opinion, he's not going to just give up his position when somebody else comes back from wherever they're coming back from. He's he's going to work to make it unquestionable his role. Okay. That's my take. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I, I man, I, I get it. Um, I do wonder if, you know, this, this is historic. I mean, even, even Arian Foster, this has never happened. And I'll just say, in my opinion, through everything I've looked at, and yes, it's specific to the player, and we need to evaluate that. But just in 25 years, this has never happened. And If, this, if he continues, if, yep. if this turns into he is a running back one this season from undrafted, this has never happened. So... I, I will be, I'm along for the ride. He's and got the opportunity. He's got the opportunity. He should have the opportunity. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you said Reichwell Armstead's going to ride the bench. 
Um, I mean, even if he gets 20, 25% of snaps, that will affect Robinson's upside. And if Chris Thompson's going to play 45% of snaps in negative game script games, let's see. Because they, they've had more positive game script than many were expecting so far. So let's see how that goes. That's and true, the other but- thing I will point out is that do we really think if this team goes down the toilet or, or basically hits the projection they're expected to have, does the coach that have the, has them and li- likes him from this year and from la- you know the offseason that brought him in, if that is reset and they have a new coaching staff and we've seen this story before that the incumbents don't have anything guaranteed to them. It is complete reset and they're going to they're going to watch and evaluate and I under that guys I would be surprised if he survives free agency and the NFL draft in a you know avoiding basically all comers uh, of notoriety is what it, I would say. If he's a content if I'm a contender and he helps me through this year Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. I honestly I don't care about next year. If he helps get me through my Saquon Barkley injury and my uh, David Johnson, you know, this and, and, Joe, and, Mixon that, and up Joe Mixon putting up Joe Mixon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I for gotcha. for every stud that doesn't that underperforms, it's nice to have the guy that rises up. And okay. I have I have in the past, and I I can't remember the guy's name. It was. Uh, Maybe it was Chris Carson. I don't think it was Chris Carson, but there was a running back that, you know, nobody thought was going to stick. He, Austin Eckler, you know, mm, I, I don't. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, kidding. there's just there's Those types, correct? Right. I mean, he could be a fugazi. He could be just a flash in the pan. Four weeks. That's it. Six weeks. Whatever. If I'm three what and if zero, he gets, well, what or, if he gets? Oh, here's the other thing. If he gets hurt in a couple weeks and it's to IR. I mean, does he get his job back? That would be the other thing. So you you have to ride out the health too, because if he gets injured, he's the type that, I mean, things will happen until the next time he were to play. Um, so that's that's another thing. I just want to point out all the factors yeah. involved. Yeah. Um, I would say this though, if if he has found money, but you're still not starting him because you're good enough at running back and your flex and all that. If I'm not starting him, I'll take the first. Exactly. But so so I I just yeah. So I mean, I'm so just what saying, I'll say is if he's critical to your plans that might be another thing of say, let's see how the next couple of weeks go. And you may be a seller on him because things aren't turning in terms of, you know, players, players that are out for you right now are underperformers. And that's why you're starting Robinson. But if you have to lean on them that much and yet you still end up being, uh, let's say one in three next week, one in four the following week. Now that changes your prism. Well, yeah, you've dynasty is a long play. However, we are dealing with a week by week game and everything changes week by week. You've got to reevaluate, reassess. And as That's I the said, fun part, honestly, like yeah, what I love exactly. is now every, every time I go into every one of my leagues on a weekly basis, you go in there and it's like, all right, let's see what happened. You know, it's not really assess the carnage, but it's like, okay, did anyone hit IR? Um, you know, is there any backup running backs that now things look different than they looked a week ago? And maybe I, I was in on them before and now I'm going to be out or, you know, just because the back, you know, six, eight, ten players on your roster, they should be relatively liquid. They're not guaranteed to be on your week one roster next year. And you need to be open to all those possibilities, you know, in the short term of saying they might not be on my team in a month, let alone, let alone, you know, next year. Yes. 
All right, uh, Katie, let's do the UTH contest update quickly, and then we'll get your final thoughts, and we will put a bow on this thing. Um, I do want to notate, I don't think I've ever had the high-scoring week, Katie, but I, because I, I don't believe, because I, you know, this, this, you know, humbling part of like, hey, let me talk about my team in the contest. You know, <laughs> we, we are cele- we are celebs, and, and you've taken it down before, um, and, and, you know, we've had, all of us have had high finishes over the course of time, but um, someone actually alerted me on Sunday or Monday that, they're like, you know, oh, I'm looking to take you down. It's really close or whatever. And I was like, wow, um, I, I don't know if I've ever taken down a week, but I had my week, almost 300 yeah. points. Um, I would say I feel my early assessment of my team is a, it's a little house of cardsy, if that's an adjective, just because <laughs> I've had some things not go my way. Um, but um, and, and typically in this contest, I get wide receiver dead wrong. So that's not so that's one of my, my weaknesses. I did just lose Dallas Goddard. That's a gut punch. Um, you know, so we'll see in terms of my depth, but I got enough this week. I finally got Robert Tanyan to put up a nice game. McCole Hardman is kind of I, I think what the what the, the subscriber was referencing is McCole Hardman did enough for me to uh, vault me to the top score. Brandon Ayu, Keenan Allen had a big week. I got Mr. James Robinson. He felt like a, a, a free square because uh, I think they made those moves with uh, Fournette, et cetera. It was like after I had already made, it was like 24, 48 hours after I made the list. So uh, that's a fortunate one for folks that got Robinson this year. Got Gibson, Connor, Burkhead with a big game. So again, I don't know if all this sustains itself. I have four starting quarterbacks, but uh, congratulations, Chad. Number one finish. Yeah. Um, and uh, Katie, you had a strong week as well. We are both in the top five overall. And you know what? That pesky Andy Rizzo, he <laughs> still had, he was still number three on the week. I believe, did he go back to back with the top scores? And then he, now we take him down, but he finishes number three. So Andy is off to an absolute hot start, hot, hot start. We've got Gavin in the number two spot, Tyler in the number three, and then you're at four and I'm at five. So And Jordan's we, not too far yeah, down. Jordan had a massive week as well. He's up into the top 10 to 12. Uh, scroll in, Tim. Scroll in, Tim. I know. It's yeah, keep already, going. It's not. Yeah, he's near, he's, <laughs> he's near doing great. So, so, he's doing great in the Scott Fishbowl, though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's and he's the one with the top, one of those top finishes, right? I mean, he, he finished, was it 5 or 10 or 12 or something one year? Um, so, so that is all. Uh, oh, and did want to say, you know, before finishing that uh, Jordan welcomes a second child uh, yes. he was spending sunday into monday i do want to hear sometime you know maybe it's a couple weeks from now the actual story of he said he said the hospital's scheduling process is not fun he had it they were it was scheduled for sunday so uh the baby wasn't born till uh far into monday which again has a story in and of itself but uh now uh they are a family of four so pretty exciting stuff and i uh, wanted to say you know hopefully happy and health and you know get home and and, and try to get as much sleep as you can for as long as you can because uh, he had what he always said is his fear was he had a, a very easy first baby uh and and regression to the mean <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. this one probably isn't going to be quite <laughs> as easy uh it's like the quarterback that throws 50 touchdowns next year probably not <laughs> throwing 50 touchdowns um what are your final thoughts katie just uh it, it's it's nice to have both college football and nfl um i hope to heck that covid doesn't destroy it um hopefully this will be a wake-up call and other teams that have been a little bit lax with the rules and everything will straighten up and say okay this you know it can happen to anybody. Let's not let it happen to us. But I'm just enjoying it. I'm having a good time setting lineups, offering trades, you know, just doing the whole thing. Yeah. 
season season fantasy and and yeah man college is fun you know even if you're just looking at some box scores on saturday i already set up you know my feeder for uh you know looking at market share and production and all that uh for the projection model but but setting that up and and the fact that soon is it next week or the week after that we're going to get or this week that we're going to get uh basically all the conferences back in yeah you know that so that's going to be you know full show and Hey, we'll take whatever amount of games we get this year, even if it's not 13 plus the playoffs and, you know, bowl season and all of this. Uh, But yeah, just great to have storylines, you know, going again. We've had upsets and, uh, you know, I, I watched a little bit of the LSU game, didn't get to watch uh, Oklahoma, but it's just great to have, uh, like you said, uh, sports back. We've got so many things going on with baseball playoffs, basketball playoffs. And, and so whatever your taste is, your flavor and do a shout out to French Open this week, next yeah. couple weeks. Um, so but, I got just so much going on. And yeah. I, I got to tell you a funny story because uh, this is the craziest dream that I've ever had oh, ever, no. ever <laughs> last night. And, yeah. and, you know, I, it's it's been the last couple nights. It's been hard to sleep. I worked really hard out in the yard. I planted uh, thirteen hydrangea and six ajuga plants, and redid the beds. Had to dig clay two feet deep, and thirty bags of soil, eight bags of mulch. My shoulders were killing me. So I was already tossing and turning. But last night, I had a dream that I was playing fantasy door hardware. We had to build we had to build the best hardware set based on different parameter and we scored points and this one guy cheated because he was adding in stuff his hardware set while it had good stuff in it he also had maintenance items and I'm like wait a minute that's not even pertinent to being a live hardware set right now it was bringing my work and my hobby together in a such a strange way Chad and I was just so Angry so that second, this guy did the second was night scoring continue points. the storyline from the first night? No, no, it was oh, just a one night dream. But I'm just saying, I w- no, I was just a one night <laughs> dream. But it was last night. It was just from being overtired from two nights of not sleeping because of my shoulder. And it, it, yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. I was I was what woke me up from the dream was I was I was and you were the one that was officiating the whole thing and I was I like Chad I said Chad how can you Enforce even this. give him points yeah it's like how exactly. can you give him points for things that are maintenance items they it's not even creativity points. <laughs> I like it but He's it's not in it. the bylaws Chad exactly. I, I can see Katie pulling that card you know what I stay you know what I, I wasn't in your dream I wasn't there for it but you know what I stand by my decision yeah yeah well you did reverse the points finally oh that's but- well, that's nice was it yeah. based on your argument or maybe i was going to reverse it all along and just wanted to see you dance i i don't know i couldn't i couldn't read your mind in my dream oh that's very good very good <laughs> um you were on uh just to call a shout out I, I don't know if we mentioned it last week or not but you were on a, a recent other podcast uh, uh guest appearance right yes i've been on uh quite a few lately um uh, the yeah. one it was the on the couch with kyle and he's one of our listeners. He's going to be coming over to my house because I Excellent. lost a bet. And uh, so it was really fun. I think Jordan's been on the show before as well. But they they run a really good show. And it, I got to talk Debbie, which, as you know, of course, I love doing that. And it was it was a lot of fun. 
There you go. So yeah, look up, look that up on the couch and, and you can find uh, the diva of Devi with her uh, most recent uh, special guest appearance. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at FF underscore Skyler 399. I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder, patreon.com slash UTH and sign up as a general manager subscriber to never miss a moment of the premium podcast over there. The trade calculator trial uh, rankings, everything you need to finish out the year strong. And again, a lot of that is kickstarted on Monday with the early waiver wire look. Uh, and I go deep enough that pretty much I, I will exhaust whatever your roster spots are in your various depths. Every once in a while, I get an email from someone saying, ah, you know, can you go super deep? I'm in this diabolical one. And then uh, again, custom responses applicable in those situations. Uh, but again, uh, try it out, money back guarantee, and uh, you can kickstart. You're going to get 12 full months. So we're going to get you all the way through draft season, uh, startup draft season, and everything uh, involved in it in 2021 as well. So for Katie Flower, myself, Chad Parsons, until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.